Heisje. Welcome to Saving Our Sisters podcast. It is always a joy to connect with you. Thank you for joining in again on the conversation. If this is your first time joining us, I like to first say welcome, welcome, welcome. Please, sisters, I invite you to share this podcast with another sister so they too can also join in on the conversation. Today is going to be an amazing episode. I am so excited because I have a dear sister, my Shug, by the name of Dr. Angel Schaefer. She is going to empower us in the area of Black women's health. This is a special edition podcast. I am super excited because in the days in which we live in as women, as black women, we must be more strategic and purposeful in the area of being well, making sure we are taking care of our health so we can live greater, longer lives. So we too can be better for our families, for our communities, and let me add, for ourselves. So Dr. Angel Schaefer, she has been a medical doctor for Kaiser for over 20 plus years. She has a life of of experiences that she is going to share with us along with what she has learned also in the medical field. Dr. Angel is an undergrad and a graduate of UCLA. It's something about those Bruins. They are amazing with knowledge and power that we can all draw strength from. Angel Schaefer, my shug, she is the mother of two amazing daughters, Kelsey and Kennedy. And Kennedy is also right now in college following in her mommy's footsteps in being in the medical field. Dr. Angel was also married to an amazing man, my brother, yes, Mr. Dennis Schaefer. So today, I want you to get your notepads out, get your pen, get your paper, get ready to take some powerful notes in the area of black women's health. Um, Don't forget to subscribe, share this podcast so another girlfriend of yours can join in on this movement as me and Dr. Angel and my shugs, we stand in proxy as Queen Esther did in the Bible. Let me get that nugget in right here. Go read the scripture on Queen Esther. She was a woman in the word of God that stood in proxy and intercession to save a nation. So my shug today, 
Dr. Angel Schaefer, she is like Queen Esther of Long Beach. <laughs> she is the Queen Esther of Kaiser. She is out to save and heal a nation with her truth. Um, she demonstrates passion from what she has experienced early on in life. Now we too can glean as Ruth also gleaned from Naomi in the Bible. We can sit at the feet of Dr. Angel and learn on how we can be better. So right now, Dr. Angel has been working long hours. She is right now at work. I am waiting for her to take a break. We've been trying to meet and connect and complete this podcast for the last month. So today, we are going to make it happen. She texted me at 12.50 a.m. this morning and she was like, Suge, do you believe I am still at work? And I'm like, wow, you left to go to work about 9 a.m. in the morning. And she said, it's okay, it's a part of the territory. So this just explained the, the tenacity and the wherewithal that she has to heal a people in the midst of this COVID-19. So we pray for her and we give her love, virtual um, hugs and love that she would keep going um, as Queen Esther did to save a nation. So I'm going to be chiming in back and um we're going to connect and we're going to have an amazing conversation today. And we are going to leave feeling empowered and inspired to take better care of our health. Stay tuned, my shugs, and I will be right back. Okay, shugs, we are finally back. Dr. Angel has taken a break and we're about to call her. Okay, here we go. Stay tuned. So excited to finally we are about to do this podcast. Yes, we are. Yeah. Now, just to let you know, okay. I had a long night, a <laughs> long week. So please excuse me if if I zone out for a second, just reel me back in, please. Okay, okay, I got you, girl. I already <laughs> told you. I already told them how um you were up at. 12 50 in the morning texting and i'm like you still at work <laughs> we this week has been um a bit more challenging it was wow. certainly challenging at the beginning mm-hmm. of, of covid pandemic and now it seems to be ramping up again so wow um, yeah this week has been a bit challenging Okay. Okay. Well, I thank you for your time. I'm ready. Absolutely. I've told the Shugs to get ready. This is about to be um, powerful. We we need to be educated. Yes. Um, and welcome, welcome to saving our sister Shug. Welcome to the thank podcast. You. I appreciate. Yes, you. you have been a part of the conversation. I appreciate you so very much. So, Shug, tell the podcast, Shugs. A little bit about yourself. Well, um, I'm sure as you already stated, I am Dr. Angel Schaefer. I've been a family physician for oh, over 20 years now. Amazing. Um, yes, I'm looking at the um, end of the tunnel uh, to retirement. Uh, not the next year or so, but in the near future. So I'm closer to the end of my career than the mm-hmm. beginning of my year. 
of my career. I'm t- told you I'm tired, child. I've been up all night. <laughs> so, I'm closer to the end of it than I am at the beginning. Wow. Um, but it's, it's been quite a journey. So, yeah, so I've been at a family physician for over 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, have two amazing babies, um, two daughters, and a uh, amazing husband yeah who, who yeah. puts up with me <laughs> thank god for the hubbies right thank god for the hubbies and the support um, yes because without him i don't think i would have been able to make this journey yes and that support is so necessary it's so yes important. yes it is yeah thank you thank you for just sharing um, some of your time. Um, I told them, girl, sister, you are a UCLA Bruin. <laughs> yes, undergraduate and uh, medical school. So, um, yeah, um, UC Regents knows me well. Wow. Tell us, tell us a little bit about your medical experience. Um, you mean in terms of at school, school? You know, I told them you have a life of experiences for yeah. women to draw from. Tell us just a few moments about your experience while in in college, while in medical school. Yeah. Well, but first, you know, Dr. Angel, let me let yeah. me ask you this: Do I need what? to be drinking coffee? I'm sipping on coffee. Do I need to get some water and put this coffee down? Well, is it completely <laughs> black, or have you added sugar? <laughs> I've added. Cream, mm. hazelnut. Mm. I've added uh, two teaspoons of sugar. Mm. Now you know the episode so, we did the precursor. We're gonna be talking about black women's health, and I got the yes. nerve. So the I'm gonna I'm sacrifice. Audacity. The audacity. <laughs> <laughs> That's like having a strawberry and dipping it in chocolate and calling it health. Ooh. That's like having a Big Mac. Well, a Big Mac and a Diet Coke. Okay, okay. So I'm gonna do an exchange just because okay. you won't hear. Because I'm gonna put this be coffee better, down. Better than yesterday, right? Come on, thank you for plugging the book in. Better than okay. yesterday. I'm gonna be better than yesterday. So I'm gonna put this coffee down and I'm gonna get some water. I'm. A, I got a water bottle right here too. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Okay. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> so tell so, us a little bit about your experiences when yeah. uh, you were on your um, journey of. Of medicine. My so my journey started at, at basically at the age of 11. Mm. So um, sort of funny story or interesting story um, between myself and my siblings were all 11 years apart with the same mother and father. Okay. So what they were doing, I have no idea. But, you know, <laughs> I have two younger siblings and we're all 11 years apart. Okay. So at the age of 11, I had my first sibling, which was my brother. And when I went to visit my mom in the hospital, because back in that day, they still had the um, nurseries where you would go look at the babies through this plexiglass and the, and the babies were all in these little, little bands. Right. So I looked through the little crib and through the plexiglass and saw my brother and saw the nurses holding the babies. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was the most amazing thing in the world. So I ran to my mom and told her that I wanted to be a nurse. And she said, well, yes, I told her I wanted to be a nurse. And she said, well, you know what? If um, if you want to be a nurse, you might as well be a doctor. I'm like, oh, okay. So that's where it actually started was at the age of 11. 11. Wow. She took off off, um, with it. 
I did not, but she did. So she really just started to ingrain in my mind Mm -hmm. that I Mm -hmm. was going to be a doctor. And that was her dream. So on a yearly basis, even before I even felt that I had the capability of even succeeding in school, because sort of going backwards um, in elementary school, I was labeled as a slow learner. Um, I attended Catholic school, so we didn't have those special ed classes, mm-hmm. but I was always um, being told that I just didn't grasp the material like the other students. And really? My mother would, yeah, my mother would even go home in tears um, after a parent-teacher conference because um, I was told by the teachers that I wasn't grasping the material like the other students. So I certainly had no um, idea or didn't have the dream of being a doctor, especially at age 11, because I was still being labeled at that time as being a slow learner. And I didn't really um, catch on that I wasn't a slow learner until I had a teacher, I believe in sixth or seventh grade. So at that time, I may have been around 12 or 13. Okay, okay. Um, When that teacher said not so, and before I knew it, within two years, I was valedictorian. So, Wait a minute. Uh, black girl that rock. This is a special edition for the black women. You said you were valedictorian what? Valedictorian. So from within <laughs> two years, uh, my school went up to eighth grade. Mm-hmm, my, mm-hmm. My, she was out there, my fifth or sixth grade teacher. Um, by the time she was done with me that year, I was uh, inspired, no longer felt that I couldn't learn, and within two two or three years, I was valedictorian, and was valedictorian of high school as well, so, you know. um, That's amazing. So, your mom spoke your destiny in the atmosphere. Yes, she did. She She declared it in the atmosphere. She declared it, and she just really just um, emphasized that that was going to be our dream, and that was my motivation. Um, was that I was going to be that doctor. That's so beautiful. that's where it all started. That's beautiful. Um, yeah, yeah. She she was just amazing in her foresight and her dream um, and speaking that into existence. And I was excelling so well through high school and college that I'm like, okay, well, maybe this is what I should be doing because I was doing so well in my exactly. biology and my chemistry and my physics and I loved it. So I said, okay, this seems like a good fit. Maybe she was right. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> right. But I really, really didn't see that vision and catch that vision until she became actually ill. Um, my mm. last year of college. Your so last year of college? She became ill. Please yeah, share. So please share. I was, quickly. I was, 20, I was 21 mm-hmm. at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, she came to me or she called me on the phone and said, I'm pregnant. I'm like, wait a minute. What? <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait. Hold up. Pause, sister. Pause, Suge. Okay, so I know I've talked to you about this before, but wait a minute. You were 21. 21. Your last year of college. Last year of college. And your mommy calls and tells you, I'm pregnant. I'm pregnant. <laughs> what by, was that like? By, by my daddy. I'm like, what the heck? They was playing. Still. They was. They was playing. <laughs> you know, and, and it, it was. Wait it was a minute. Funny, but you said by your daddy. Who was it not supposed to be by? Child, he was supposed to have been sleeping on the couch. <laughs> 
That's what she told me. He was sleeping on the couch. Well, he didn't tiptoe in the midnight hour down the hall. He tiptoed down the hall because he was supposed to be sleeping on the couch. Because the sad part about it also, um, is I grew up in a home of domestic violence. Mm. So when I left for college, he left too. And she was the happiest I had ever saw her. So he actually moved out the same year I moved out for college. And so he was gone. And my mother and my brother was two happy-go-lucky people without him. And he... Interesting. uh, Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. He he then, um, I think his his girlfriend or whomever she was uh, died of, uh, I think, drug abuse or drug overdose. And he moved back in with my mom. She told me he was going to be on the couch, but apparently wow. they reconciled. Well, thank God for that. But so, Dr. Angel, yeah. you were able yes. to witness that part of life. And a lot of women, that's a whole nother podcast that we're going to talk about. A lot of women live that and they're still living that. And they've turned out negatively, you know, they turned out with a whole nother set of mental issues. But anyway, come on, girl, tell it. We we hungry. What else? What else happened? Right, they grown. <laughs> they grown. And they, they didn't got back together and they married. They so that's good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. God so, forgives and we yeah, got to there keep. There you go. Okay. There you go. So, so <laughs> she said, uh, you know, we having wonderful times together. We had this beautiful baby shower, the whole thing. Oh. She, um, I can't remember. I guess I was home at the time when she went into labor. I had to, I was at home. Okay. She she comes to me and says, I think I'm in labor. I need you to take me to the hospital. My father wasn't there. I'm like, okay. Me and my my uh, non-experienced self, mm-hmm. <laughs> I put her in the back seat of the car. She moaning and groaning. Do you know? Your I'm mama, pregnant. girl. Your mom. Yes, my mama. <laughs> now, we're only, she had me very young. I, she was 15 when she got pregnant with me. Okay. So, we're not that, that far apart. Okay. God was preparing that grace on your yes. life, um, taking all yes. the anxiety away, prepping yes. you for the long yes. haul from that experience with your mama. Yes. Do you see the grace in that? Oh my God. Well, I, I, now <laughs> I do because of your wisdom. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> okay, okay. Tell or us a little more. I proceed as payback with my labor. Right. Okay, so I'll tell you some more. So then I, we get to the hospital. I'm in a delivery room. It was the most a beautiful thing I had ever seen wow. to see a life come into this world. I cut her cord. Oh, She's telling the doctors wow. and the nurses 
this is my doctor. I mean, she's speaking as then. I hadn't even finished college. She's telling them all that I was going to be a doctor. So that was just an amazing experience. That... I cried. She cried. We looked at that baby, beautiful baby, um, sister, and I'm like, wow, this is amazing. That is amazing. So, yeah, it was. It really was. So God was preparing you then. Oh, he was he preparing really was. you. There's more. Let me tell you. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. This you is make how it... I know he okay. was preparing. Okay. So then I get, we get back home. And then, I don't know, it may have been three or four days later, she can't breathe. I mean, she's like, seriously, she could not breathe. Your mom? My mother. Okay. Wow. So my father picks her up. She couldn't even walk. Picks her up and rushes her to the emergency room. I had to stay back because I've got to brand new sister who's less than a week old and my brother was 11 so now by this point I'm 22 because by the time she was born I turned 22 so I rushed her to the emergency room Uh, they did some testing and found out that her heart had become weak Mm. and her lungs were full of fluid oh Jesus and at that time they said that her heart was severely damaged possibly from childbirth and they didn't give her a very good prognosis saying that it was so damaged that she may have only had a few months to live. Wow. So that's what I was, was faced with, faced with um, when my sister was born. So I had quite a bit of challenges because I wasn't quite sure. This was my last year of college. So And you endured all of this. These, this, these are life interruptions. And then they you're are. dealing with your family, your mom, your brother, your your new baby sister in yeah, your last yeah. mess to yeah. ma- last year of college. Last so year what college. happened? Um, how did you push through? What what happened? Well, I I pushed through. I, it, it's nothing but God because I don't even know if I thought back then it was just more of survival mode and let me get through it exactly so I I had to take my sister to college with me so you know so I basically became an instant mother I was 20 wait 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 a minute Dr. Angel (laughs) wow this is a powerful story so were you did your mother make it when you took your sister or you just took her to college with you because your mom wasn't strong enough to take care of her Absolutely right. She wasn't wow. strong. Enough. She was in and out of hospitals. So. Look at the grace of God on your life. Isn't look, he? look at Isn't all he? of. Look at the strength. Look at oh, the Queen my. Esther in you. Oh my gosh! Oh. Wow. Yeah, well, he's just amazing. He is. When I look back over it, I'm like, this ain't nothing but God, because there is no way that I should have survived that right. um, in the way that I did. Right. So, I just took her with me and. Thank God I had a good support system. Mm-hmm. So I had friends that if I had to go to class, I had strollers and backpacks and, and milk with me at all times. At so UCLA. On, at UCLA. If I had to go to class, there was always a friend around that would watch her for me while I while I had class. Or when she was asleep, I would take that stroller with me into a library to study just to get through the rest of the year. I am literally in tears. So you're talking about a determined woman. You are determined. You were determined. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So. And I had another motivation now. Okay. Right. I have a mother. Right. 
whom they said that wasn't going to live. Right. And she had already spoken to existence that I was going to be a doctor at the right. age of 11. Now I got a new motivation. Exactly. Now a- I know what, now I know for certain what my purpose is um, at wow. that point. And that's just how God works. That's just how that's works. how like, God works. You know, let me give you a bigger clue. Exactly. <laughs> and, and you know what? And it's like when we go through storms as women, when we're in it, we can't see it while we're no. in it. Mm-hmm. But when we mm-hmm. come out of it, right, you look back and you was like, right. how in the world did I yeah. come through that? Yeah. It was all yeah. God. It was all and, the and, grace of and, God. Exactly. Amazing. And when I did finally see that, because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when there's so much noise, you can't hear and you can't see it. That noise. Um, when I, yeah. But when I finally did have that quiet moment, mm-hmm. I, I just broke. I broke in tears just and humility and just an awesome, not an awe, but an awe yes. of what he did because, you know, I knew it could have turned out so much different. Yes. yes. Um, so that's beautiful. His grace is so amazing that on the day that I graduated from UCLA, by this time, my sister is closer to one. I know she's crawling. Um, that is so beautiful. That was your baby. So that was your sister, but that was your baby. That was your, you know, like you taking her on to be not, not just your sister, but you now your daughter. Yeah. And she called me mama because she didn't know my mom because my mom was in the hospital so much. Wow. Yeah. Oh, I honor you. I honor you. Oh, I. I, I honor you. That's thank you for sharing your story now yeah. with the world. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you on you in podcast land. You have shown you have shared your story with the world. Um, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So yeah. I see why. But I ain't finished yet. I'm not finished. Oh girl, come on. Well, come on. Come on. Cause I know you gotta get back to work. So come on. Oh yeah, yeah. So let me tell you I got work. So on the day of my graduation. Uh, my mother was transferred to UCLA Hospital to evaluate her for a heart transplant. That same exact The day, day of your graduation. The day of my graduation, she was transferred um, to the same campus that I was graduating from to evaluate her for a heart transplant. Oh, God. Mm, Jesus. So that's how God works. So, although she couldn't physically be there, mm-hmm. when I received that diploma, I had my sister on one hip, the diploma in the, on the, in the other hand, and I ran right across the campus to that hospital and handed her her diploma. That's how Dr. Angel, I am literally in <laughs> tears. Oh my That's God. Shugs in podcast land. Are you hearing this? Are you learning the lessons? Are you chiming yeah. in on being a woman of faith, being a woman on purpose, being a mm. determined woman? Oh, wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So you yeah. walked across the stage with your baby, your little sister on your hip, and then you ran to the hospital and gave yes. your mom the diploma. Yes, because she earned it. She never received her high school diploma, but she she earned an MD degree. Mm. I, I'm speechless. You, you could tell that, right? Like <laughs> She did. She did. Yeah. But this is where my passion, really, especially for women of color, comes in. Exactly. Um, Because she was actually denied that heart transplant. 
She was? She was denied. Why? They denied Why? her transplant. Well, they said that her emotional um, well-being or lack of, and that her home environment was not stable enough to where if she did receive a heart transplant, that she would not do well. Um, so they felt that she would be too high of a risk because of her social environment and lack of mental well-being. Wow. That is what we were told. At that time, I think she may have been 40, 39 or 40. Mm. Again, my sister was one. I was 22 and my brother was 11 or 12 at the time that they denied her the heart transplant. Wow. And that really drove my passion and which still continues to mirror what's happening with underserved um, communities and people, um, black and brown um, people today still in mm-hmm. in the healthcare system. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I know we can, we can, that's a whole nother um, podcast by itself. But <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, so she was denied a heart transplant. And so it was even, so even then, so my resolve to become a, a physician okay. um, certainly increased at that point because for me there was a lot of anger there was a lot of hurt of how could they um looking at how young she was um with young kids and it just didn't make any sense to me that she would be denied yeah, exactly yeah exactly yeah. And, and from the and from the you know i, I was a ucla baby I, I graduated from UCLA right. and I'm like, you know, and, and, and went on to medical school there. So moving forward, um, she did not die right away. Um, for three years, she groomed me. Um, and so once I graduated from college, I moved back home to take care of her and my siblings. Okay. Um, and it was during that time. That's how I know God, God is in the mix. Um, He's that's all in I the mix. really learned what, being a physician and a healthcare profession mixed. And um, because during that time, she came across excellent doctors and not so good doctors, not so good um, nurses and excellent nurses. And most of our conversations were based on how you talk to patients. And that's what she constantly drilled in my head. That when I become a physician, treat patients and treat people with compassion, um, be patient with them give them the time that they need yes. these were the conversations that i was having with your about. mommy yeah. with your mommy yeah she was telling me the doctor that she needed me to be based on the experiences that she had in and out of hospitals and i'm like wow during the time i wasn't thinking of it that way but certainly in that quiet mode and that reflection mode that's what god had her to do yeah. that was her that was her job god used to teach her. me those things he used her and she actually got better Wow. So we were on a roll. So she said, okay, it's time for you to be that doctor. Three years had passed. She said, um, apply to medical school now. Because the goal was I was going to be a doctor, um, pay, pay, start a child care center for her mm-hmm. and get her her Mercedes. That was our dream. She gets the Mercedes, a child daycare center, and I'll become that doctor. <laughs> oh, this is incredible. We, now, you know, you, you, you know, you got to put this in a book, right? Okay, well, we're going to help you bring this to life because somebody will be blessed by this powerful story. And I'm just loving the fact that your transparency 
yeah. of sharing yeah. with us. And I'm literally in this room, in my home, in tears. That how God will take somebody's life through tragedy, but the tragedy comes beautiful. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. how you honored your mom. Yeah. But girl, come on, I'm getting all so cute. Yeah, she deserved it. She deserved it. So <laughs> she did. So yes, your past. So all of that is wrapped in layers of how you now being a doctor for Kaiser over twenty years. Yeah. Um, is so passionate about you um empowering women to be to live on purpose yes you know talk about talk about the concerns you have for us as black women in regards to how we need to take better care of ourselves like me putting this coffee up early in the morning yes yes and not piling it with loads of sugar and cream and get some h2o drink some water Oh, plenty of water. Our body is made up predominantly of water. We need to we need to support that. Come on, so, educate us. Yes. So my passion comes from my own experiences and seeing what my mother went through. Mm-hmm. Um, and seeing that, especially in my practice, that um, many of the things that I saw her go through with her health concerns and her emotional and mental um, concerns was being mirrored in my own practice. Okay. I was seeing the same thing, but just different faces and different names over and over and over again. And I began to think, you know, trying to determine what uh, what's the common denominator in all of this? Why is it that, um, especially the women of color, why is it that we are at the top of the top five leading causes of death? Why is it that we have more diabetes, high blood pressure, heart mm-hmm. disease, strokes? Mm-hmm. What's going on? What's the common denominator in here? And the one thing that I came up with, which once I really started to look into it to back my, you know, I never want to just go on just my opinion. I want to back it up with some medical facts, right? you know, and studies (laughs) that have supported it. Right. And stress. And under is the black mama's, um, brown mama's plight. Stress. Stress. Um, stress. Interesting. It, you know, stress absolutely can kill. It absolutely can kill. Um, and tends to be the uh, one of the main underlying things that then contributes to high blood pressure. Um, well, let's back up. When looking at television, especially in the old days, what do we see on TV? We saw Ain't Your Mama. We saw, which I truly appreciate. <laughs> Ain't them. Your Mama. Yes, we. I appreciate and understand what they did for us. Right. So it's not to ridicule them, but what we saw on television mm-hmm, was mm-hmm. the overweight black woman. That is so true. And we still see it today. That is you so see true. The TV commercials on the roles. When they get the roles, it's not the slim, sexy, feminine roles. It's the overweight, the loud, and aggressive um, black woman that you see on the screen. And it's mirrored, at least in terms of the weight, is mirrored in what what's actually is, especially in the United States, it's mirrored in what 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 actually is true. Okay, is that we are at the top of the list for obesity. Wow. And what happens with obesity? Yeah. Well, you you can develop diabetes, you can develop high blood pressure, you can develop heart disease. All of those things 
are then connected to obesity. Okay. And I'm thinking, you know, and I grew up with saying, oh, she just big boned it. You know, all that. <laughs> right. Crazy. Like I say to, <laughs> about myself, oh, I'm just big. I'm just a just little thick. Boned. I'm a little thick. Just I'm big, just big boned. Big, big boned. Um, or that's a European standard. Well, no, that's not true. Um, a European standard, it should be a standard for us all. Not in terms of, I'm not saying that we need to compare ourselves to that, but we need to certainly be mindful of our weight because it does contribute to the other underlying conditions, which is, by the way, which is why I really wanted to, I was excited about talking today. Um, Dr. Fossey had gotten on, on the media and he he referenced that his concern that COVID-19 was disproportionately affecting um, African-Americans more than anyone else. I heard that. And, I heard that. Yes. And at the time it made sense because what is it that I see in my office all day? I see and I back it up again with the statistics um, that we have a heavier burden of other underlying medical conditions such as high blood pressure such as obesity such as heart disease and when you look at the cdc website it risks the high risk conditions not that you are at higher risk for developing COVID 19 Mm -hmm. but you are at higher risk for developing complications from COVID 19 exactly and those underlying conditions are age which we can't control Right. Obviously, we can't control that. So that is a common denominator for everyone, no matter what your ethnicity is. Okay. So age is one. That that's something that cannot be controlled, controlled or changed. Obesity is on there. Mm. So if you have a BMI of what I believe they list as greater than forty, so what is a BMI? Body mass index. Right. And it is based on a calculation of your height and your weight. Okay. What This is so good. So what do you tell your patients when you're, you know, um, checking on them? What advice, Dr. Angel, do you give them in regards to what's going on with their health conditions? So so let's reduce the risk. So I'm getting, obviously, a lot of calls, a lot of anxiety, a lot of panic about COVID-19. Understandably so. But what I am saying is, okay. If you're doing everything that you can in terms of social distancing Mm -hmm. and self-isolation, you're wearing your mask, you're washing your hands, you're doing all of those things. Yet if you're not reducing your health risk, then you're still at risk. So those health risks, those high risk groups besides obesity is diabetes. So if you have diabetes and you know your sugars are high or if you know you're not checking your sugars, 
then take care of that. Right. Let's start take let's start reducing some of those high risk things that put you at risk in the first place. And eat better in the first place. Vicky oh, Kemp. Vicky Kemp, know, I'm talking to myself. Eat better I, in the first place. I mean, this yes. is really good. But guess what's happening? So what I've been seeing is I'll send a patient to the lab. The sugars is higher now than what they were before COVID. Because we're in the house. We're stuck in the, house, in the house eating yeah, up everything. And, and then I'm seeing, <laughs> I'm seeing these, um, you know, funny little posts on social media saying that when this is over, you're going to have to um, get a chainsaw to get me out the house. You know. And it's and, not funny. It's not, not funny. But but people are laughing. But the reality is is this. You're setting yourself up to get really sick and possibly even die because COVID-19 is not over. So when you leave out your doors at a higher risk than what you were before then, and now things are opening up, and as we potentially are expecting a winter of potential COVID as well as influenza, you're now at a higher risk than what you were before you went yeah, in. Yeah, doctor, I've been hearing that. Like, we're supposed to have another surge. But, you know, I'm praying. I'm praying about this COVID-19 so that God will remedy hard. this. Yes. But I you really feel. Hard. Yeah, but you feel the same. Do you feel like we're going to hit another surge based on what you see every day in the hospital? Well, it makes medical sense that it could potentially be a second surge. But I think, you know, these are all predictions because this is the first we've ever seen. So you really can't say for certain. So everything that's being said at this point is simply predictions. Okay. But that doesn't mean, because who knows? God may say not so. Right. He may say, okay, y'all done cleaned up your act enough. (laughs) Right. You didn't turn (laughs) and he going, you didn't turn from your wicked ways. Let me go on and heal the land. Look, I'm saying, God, please. I, I Like, when I was a little kid, Lord, pretty please, pretty please, pretty please, Lord. Come on, God. Heal our land. Wow. This is so good. We're going to have to have you back. So, come on. Tell us what what can we do. Come on. Talk to us black women. Well, well, this is the first thing that I want us to do is to stop this generational, um, I'm going to call it a generational curse for lack of better words. So the general generational curse that I that I that came to my my mind and my spirit was growing up, especially as African Americans, we are told that we have to be better than anybody else mm-hmm. to succeed. We're told mm. that we have to work twice as twice as hard, that we have to be twice as smart in order to succeed. And why is that? Because we believe and we. And what, what has been shown is that there is an underlying system that doesn't work for us, that sometimes and oftentimes works against us, right? Right. So then why is it that we're not telling our family and our loved ones that we have to be twice as healthy, eat twice as better, exercise twice as much in order to be healthy? Right, right. And letting our children know, our daughters that's what i'm saying yeah like yeah like why you didn't tell yeah tell them what you experienced so they won't repeat you know the high blood pressure first we gotta see it for ourselves yeah yeah and and make change and make change and make change because you can't be an example and you're still on 10 different pills and haven't done anything to try and minimize that you said 10 different pills 
what child, some 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 are on ten different pills. Absolutely. Wow. And some have the mindset of, well, since I'm taking these pills, why do I need to change my diet? The medicine is taking care of it, and that happens often as well. Okay. So just changing the mindset of of our community and and understanding that if the healthcare system does not work for us, okay. we have to work for ourselves. We have to work for ourselves. And- Absolutely. Just as we took and took took charge of that we have to be twice as smart, okay. work twice as hard, we have to have that same attitude about our health. Okay. This is so good. Thank you. We got to. We, we got it, to. It's necessary. It's yes. vitally necessary that yes. we be strategic about our health to be, and I was even saying to be healthy for ourselves. Like right. why live in a world when you're just existing, when God created you to thrive and live, mm, mm. you know, and why, and why are we making idols out of food? Dr. Angel, you keep changing the game. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's an idol. We make, yeah. And God speaks folks. about the sin of gluttony. Did he, didn't he say, didn't he speak in the word about the seven things that he hate? And one of those was gluttony. Yeah. Yeah. But guess what? He even gave us a remedy for it in his word. He talks about barley. He talks about whole grains. He talks about don't eat the blood um, from meat, which means you shouldn't eat raw food so that it doesn't, so that you don't get sick because it's not completely cooked. He gives us the complete recipe. I'm sipping on my water, girl. You are just... <laughs> blessing the whole world right now and this he is he gave us all in his word and he, when i started reading on it i'm like oh my goodness the diet is right there the daniel fast is right, it's on right there. there well now see let me say something i'm gonna upload mm-hmm. your information and where they can find you but shugs y'all mm-hmm. gotta see my shug dr angel she is amazingly beautiful Fit, beautiful, brown, tall, skinny legs, beautiful, natural hair, and she makes her own bread. She eats healthy. I've traveled with her on a cruise. I've traveled with her to different places, and I don't catch her slipping. That part right there, we slip too much. We make a declaration one day that we're going to change as black women, and then the next day, the next week, we're back to that old, mundane, bad behavior. We have to have consistency within the black women, and I don't think we have that like we should. Like my husband say, girl, you need some stickability. Stick to it. If you say you're going to do something, if you say you're going to change, if you say you're going to eat better and exercise, stick to it. If you want to right. see the results. So talk about that. I know we got to wrap up. I know you yes, got to get back to yes. the patients, but this is just knowledge right now. Well, I think, well, uh, you know, uh, to end it, because I know, I, yeah, you're right. I, I got 50 million patients. I got to tend to, but um, let's start with taking care of oftentimes the underlying thing, which I stated briefly is that stress. So okay. I don't think that all African-American women and women of color are um, are overeating just because or they're obese just because or their blood pressure and and diabetes is out of out of control because they just don't care. I, I truly don't think that that's the case. Okay. What okay. I have seen and what I have also researched is 
um, that underlying stress. And why is that? Because we we are seeing, um, like, recently had a, a mom, a single mom with, with two jobs. Right. Working 60 hours a week. That's tough. 60 hours that a week is just tough. to make it. And so when when my patients, my especially my African-American women are coming in and, you know, and I have to have that compassion because although I'm not in that predicament of being a single mom, I can only imagine and I understand the connection between their their plight of and their struggles and the connection that it has to their health. Exactly. So I often will plug them in with a social worker or with a counselor or a therapist or someone that can assist them because I'm not a specialist in it all. Um, uh, connect them with people that can actually help to reduce that stress that's okay. contributing to their medical conditions. Okay. So what I would say um, is to one is to do a check, um, to, to do a, a fact check for yourself, to, okay. to get in that quiet moment of yourself and start writing down your stresses. What are the things that you think are stressing you out? And then after reviewing that, what are some of, if there's any there, hopefully that there's a list that you can actually tackle your stick to itness. So <laughs> right. take the top, take the top five or the top three. Okay. And if there's anything that you can do to reduce that, then do it. Do it. Um, so for instance, if, if time is an issue for you where you don't have enough time to, um, to cook, to clean, to watch the kids and go to work all at the same time. Well, if you have somewhat young adults, 10 and above, or maybe even a little bit younger, start utilizing your kids. Right. Let them pay a, play a part play in your a healing. Part. This, is a, this is a family affair. Yeah. Like what I used to do is my accountability partners for exercising and for my diet too is my kids. Especially, okay. I, I got a 15-year-old, just turned 15 on May the 14th, that help Kelsey. me Lord, <laughs> help me Lord, but she has really been, she, she's a very, um, uh, I don't even know how to describe this Kelsey, because since the moment that she could talk, she has she's determined been, like her mom, she's been a, a force to reckon with, right. but she will remind me at any minute, if I have a cookie in my mouth, she will say, I thought she was on a diet. <laughs> and you know what, those, those winks of reminders, it, it it helps when we pause and yield to it. But when we yeah, bypass so, it, here comes another pound. Here comes another yeah, stress. Yes. Here comes so another situation. Right. Yes. Have that family conversation with your kids and let okay. them know, you know, these are the things that I want to do to help to reduce my stress. Okay. These are the things that you can do to help me. So remind me, if you see me having that cookie, tell me no. Remind me. Okay. But do it respectfully, of course. That part, that part <laughs> yeah, right there, respectfully. respectfully. <laughs> um, and what I tell my moms, especially with the young kids who don't have time to go out to, don't have time to go to the gym, is pop in a video. Now there's no, people aren't using DVDs, but they have smart TVs. Right. Um, put on a video and have the kids with you. So if you got a two-year-old, a one-year-old, and a five-year-old, right. exercise with them. They see it as fun. You're dancing together. There's music there. You don't need a babysitter. 
you're bonding with them, and you're exercising all at the same time. Right. And if they see this trend, they're going to remind you. Um, it's Monday, it's Tuesday, it's Wednesday, mm-hmm. whatever days that you've mm-hmm. chosen. They're going to remind you that it's time to exercise mm-hmm. because they see it as fun. Right. They see it as a fun time with, with mommy. That's the so motivation. Utilize, utilize your kids. You didn't even have to pay a, a personal trainer to do that. <laughs> Wow, this is so good. Use your kids. Use your kids. Thank you, Dr. Angel. So just get that list of what your stressors are. Okay. And start using that stick to it list. Okay, gotcha. And pick the first two, three, however many you think you can conquer to try and reduce your stress. Because what I have found that oftentimes that tends to be one of the underlying reasons of why you get put into that high risk group. Wow. This is good. Thank you for the, In the information. Stress. Yeah. Stress. Yeah. Y'all hear that, Shugs, out there? We that need to deal times. with our underlying issues. Yes. Now, wow. that doesn't, of course, go for those who who have been diagnosed with cancers and other diseases. But okay. um, if there's types of diseases and illnesses that can be managed by okay. you simply making some changes, then let's start to do that. Okay. I got you. We're yes. doing a movement, Queen Esther. All right. Thank you. Go. Thank you, yes. Dr. Schaefer, for Absolutely. just being a blessing, being an inspiration, and being that example of what good women's health should look like. Yes. Thank you Amen. for joining in on the conversation And just being a light to the world today. I thank you. I honor you. Thank you for sharing your story. And we're going to have to do a part two when we can get into your schedule, girl. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Shug. I truly appreciate you. Thank you. And everyone take care out there, please. Yes, yes. Have an amazing day, doctor. You too, And um, I'll talk to you later. Praying for you, Shug. Thank you. I appreciate it. Bye, sister. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. There you have it, sisters. Thank you for joining in on the conversation with the amazing Dr. Angel Schaefer. Let's take all the wisdom and education that she gave us this morning and run with it to be better examples of our health for us, for our families. And as I often say, stay in peace. Don't you dare stay in pieces, my shugs. And until the next time, blessings.